0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz drummer and leader Josh Feldstein of the Verve Jazz Ensemble on the 2023 CD called All In. It's their eighth album together and has a very defined mid-20th century Americana kind of vibe. This 10-track album includes arrangements and compositions that are fresh yet comfortably familiar. The VJE is a regular on Neon Jazz and they always deliver, full of energy and jazz that makes the world move. Dig this interview and the new work josh what's up man good to hear your voice joe what's happening
1: oh man it's kansas city's a happy place today
2: it's a happy place you guys have done the uh the impossible congratulations it's a proud yeah. moment and uh i i hope that you enjoy your celebration it's well deserved
1: Josh, thank you for taking a minute out. It's wonderful to see that new music is out there. And I think this is our fourth interview, third or fourth interview. So it's always good to catch up with you.
2: Thank you, Joe. It's great to be with you. Uh, Thank you so much for having us. And we're very, very excited to uh, share with you and your listeners at Neon Jazz all about the All In by the Verb Jazz
1: Ensemble. Which sounds appropriate, all in. I think that's where we're at right now. Is we kind of get to a point where the world's opening up. We're all in. Hopefully warm weather is coming up. Shows are kicking in. So I guess what is the overall feeling of putting this music out at this particular time?
2: This was the first studio recording the band uh, had done in uh, three years. And boy, was it great to get back in the in the studio. We did a number of really exciting uh uh, interview videos, uh, which your, uh, your uh, listeners can check out on our uh, website. Uh, Tatum Greenblatt, our trumpet, was the executive producer for the All In Project. Uh, he's interviewed, I'm interviewed, and uh, Willie Applewhite, our trombonist and arranger, and uh, John Blank, our tennis saxophonist arranger, is also uh, interviewed. We had a chance as our full septet. Uh, to get back in action, and that includes our uh, fabulous uh, uh, alto saxophonist, flutist Alexa Tarantino, um, and the rhythm section of um, uh, Matt Ostreicher on piano, and of course Elias Bailey on bass. And we had a chance to do uh, ten, al- uh, ten uh ten let's see, ten songs on this album, Joe, and eight of them were some really interesting music from mid. Century Americana, which was really the theme of the all-in album. We had two originals uh, that were written uh, by uh, Tatum Greenblatt, which I'll talk about. Uh, But the focus of the album was mid-century Americana music. And I'll talk a little bit about that as we get into things.
1: So, yeah, and that's the thing. It's always so evident about what you guys do. Your sound is so full. It's so... There, there, there's so much bravado and soul that goes through this. So talk to me a little bit about why you picked that particular genre to go after. Why, why, why was it this sound right now?
2: Great question. I think the answer is that, as you uh, know, the, uh, the, the roots of the verb Jazz Ensemble sort of sits in the hard bop era. And uh, that comes out of the late 50s uh and uh what we really enjoy doing is finding music uh within the uh, hard bop, uh, uh bebop swing and a little bit more contemporary uh time zone uh to identify melodies that we really feel um are beautiful. Uh many of them are underappreciated, what we'll call uh side B. Uh, classics. We have a number of them on this particular album. And we just felt that the uh, the mid-century uh, uh, time frame uh, gave us access to a lot of music this particular time that we wanted to focus on. Uh, so, for example, uh, we have an absolutely gorgeous tune uh, from uh, George Shearing uh, entitled Midnight in the Air. And I came across this particular song quite by accident, Joe. I uh, found it on YouTube. I think it was a uh, two-minute and ten-second little vignette, little thing that uh, he had recorded uh, on an album in the 50s. And I just loved the melody. And I called Tatum and I said, we've got to do something with this. And he gave it to Willie Applewhite, our trombonist. And we put together a, a, a beautiful, beautiful arrangement of it. We have a uh, a big band reduction that we did from the great Toshiko Akiyoshi, from the uh, Toshiko Akiyoshi uh, Lute Tabacan, uh big band uh, that uh, I think was recorded in the late 70s, a tune called Studio J. Um, and little did I know that uh, Toshiko apparently studied, uh, of course, in Boston, uh, where she had uh, taken some musical training. And when she was uh, in Boston, I think the, uh, the, the, room that she used was Studio J. And so when she wrote this particular composition, she, uh, referred back to that. Uh, we picked something from, uh, this, I think most people are going to recognize, regardless of how old they are, the odd couple theme. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's very, very notable theme, a theme. Why did we pick that? Uh, written by the great Neil Hefty. Uh, of course, he did so much work with the uh, Basie Orchestra, um, and uh, n- not only did uh, did Neil Hefty write uh, the theme to The Odd Couple, he wrote other television shows that I think most people know, like the theme to Batman, and people don't realize that was written by Neil Hefty, so uh, we focused on that, and of course, if we're going to do a Hefty uh, a tribute, we had to pull something from the Basie book, and we pulled the uh, amazing uh, ballad, a pensive miss. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful melody. Um, and so those are just a handful of the uh, mid-century Americana tunes that we picked from, but they really covered a very broad palette of sound. Um, and uh, by the way, when we did the uh, uh, rendition of um, the theme to the Odd Couple, we didn't play it straight ahead. We played it as a six-eight. Uh, Afro-Cuban thing. And there is some straight-ed sections in it, but we really had fun with it. It was meant to be playful, but we really kind of got off in this very, very funky kind of an Afro-Cuban thing. And so uh, we, we took it in the direction that I don't think uh, the Odd Couple originally uh, anticipated.
1: You know, what's interesting about you guys as a group, and every time I talk to you, is that, you know, there, there's almost a level of you all that you evolve, but there's this timelessness because you maintain this power as a group. And I'm curious with what we've all lived through the last three years or so now, how has that changed your bond as a band or how has it affected your sound? Like you just described this song of kind of putting your different spin on it. Is there is there more risk taking? Are there other things that are going on that's a little different pre-pandemic? How is that working for you guys?
2: All in is the uh, eighth album by the, uh, the, the VJE in the last 10 years, Joe. And we really have formed a, a, a brotherhood, sisterhood uh, among our musicians at this point in which we really, really understand uh, each other's strengths as musicians. Uh, the arrangements uh, lean into uh, a space that we all uh, very, very much enjoy. Everybody in their own right is, is very deeply steeped in the, in the hard bop uh, idiom. Uh, and while we've all played with uh, more, quote-unquote, contemporary-oriented um, uh, uh, groups and have played in things that are going to be a little bit more, what we'll call, you know, contemporary, our roots are to take all of that contemporary uh, inspiration and blend it with uh, beautiful melodies that are timeless, uh, to your point, uh, looking for melodies that uh, both very seasoned jazz aficionados can appreciate, but also our goal as a group is to expand the listenability of instrumental jazz. Uh, We firmly believe that if the instrumental jazz idiom with a a very clearly defined groove and beautiful melodies can be brought forward, that there are millions and millions of listeners uh, that will uh, really enjoy the sound of this music, but they just simply don't have access to it. And we want to do everything we can to try to broaden the base of the uh, instrumental jazz uh, listenership Uh, Because we think that there's a lot of ears out there that are going to really want to hear this stuff. So it's with that in mind that all of the musicians in the band come together. We have a very, very common uh, perception in terms of what we're trying to create musically, creatively, inspirationally. Uh, We all love and believe in the music and the art form that we are, are so passionate about. And those are some of the ingredients that, that lead to the uh, the music that we create.
1: So, the, you know, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, getting more people to listen to this. And I, it makes me think about the youth more than anything else. And it, it's interesting because I remember during the pandemic, Bobby Watson had an outdoor show. We had these things called flex pods. They were essentially parking lots and everybody was safely spaced. Pop up the back of your car and they would go. And I remember I had a Downbeat shirt on and I was walking over and, this this guy stopped me, and he looked like he you know was looking for a country music show. And he kind of looked over and said, "What's Verve, or, or uh, what's Downbeat mean?" And I thought he was jacking with me. And I kind of looked over and I said, "It's a magazine. It's kind of the bible of the jazz world." And we started talking. And as we started talking, he was at that show because he started listening to radio with his 16 year old daughter who was there over the pandemic. And they heard about this show and they just started getting into jazz. And it was actually quite fascinating to see how that worked because people kind of reverted back to audio. There was podcasting exploded, music exploded in a different way. So I guess that's where I'm at right now. I'm wondering if over this time people have expanded their vernacular, so to speak, and maybe you will have more listeners or how, how will you exactly do that? You know, how do you think that would transpire?
2: You know, what I'm discovering is it's not that complicated. Uh, it's simply a matter of, uh, you know, you have kids. I have kids. Uh, if if you want kids to try a new food, you need to kind of leave it out there. And eventually they, they, they nibble. They'll try a little bit. They taste it. And if they're hungry enough, they'll eat it. They, they may not listen to it the first two or three or four, 10 times you put music in front of them. But eventually, people start hearing certain things that are interesting, and sometimes uh, they are immediately drawn to it. It really varies. So sometimes we find people, for example, my daughter is 17, and she and her friends are certainly very much into the pop scene, and they're, they're listening to uh, all kinds of music that, uh, you know, obviously you, you and I are not talking about today. But when she and her uh, friends hear the, the, the VJE's new album, they all love it. They love the music, they find it interesting, it's inspiring, they think it's exciting, and it's it's a completely different sound. So what I have found is that if we sort of uh, resolve on beautiful melodies, uh, uh, rhythmic structures that people can can really find uh, you know the 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 one, and they can tap their foot to or snap their fingers to, or feel energized by, or play in the background and really enjoy. What happens eventually is that there is a deepening of awareness relative to the um, uh, enjoyment, the satisfaction emotionally of the music. Remember, Joe, that what was the original uh, uh, purpose, if you will, of of, uh, jazz back in the day, the, the 1930s, it was dance music. It was contemporary pop music of that era. And the bands played so people could dance. That was what led to the, the big band era, dance bands and so forth and so what we want to do is create music that can create or recreate that kind of um uh support uh in terms of people's enjoyment uh in the world and so our mission, if you will is is sort of goes harkens back to uh the the roots of jazz, which is as a, as a popular source of music that people could dance to and or, you know, really just hang out and enjoy. And what we've seen is that with younger audiences, when they're exposed to it, they do just that. Now, that's not to say that you have to, you know, uh, 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 have a degree in music to understand jazz. You don't. But let's be honest. A, a lot of jazz over the course of the last 40 years, 50 years, has gotten intellectual, you know. It's gotten it's gotten far more complex. The sophistication of soloing, uh, um, the um, time signatures have gotten more demanding, and so on. And so, the the amount, the number of of, of listeners who are going to have that degree of appreciation have dropped off. We want to try to get back to a, a more um, of, a, of a inclusive uh, approach to the music where a person's uh, listening skills don't need to be that refined to be able to really enjoy it. Uh, and if they happen to have a highly refined aficionado kind of a jazz background, uh, I'd like to think that the, the playing that we bring to the table will satisfy those listeners too. So we're trying to really approach both audiences, if you will, at the same time.
1: So, speaking of that, bringing the music to everybody, I want to know, you know, if anyone out there wants to see you all live, they want to pick up All In, where is the best place for them to go to do that?
2: Right now, the uh, album is going to be released uh, publicly, I think it's May 26th, and it will be available on uh, all of the major streaming uh, outlets, Spotify and the like. Uh, uh, As far as our uh, performing uh, schedule for 23, we're in the process of putting it together now. We just uh, had a fabulous show in Memphis, Tennessee at the uh, Germantown uh, Performing Arts Center. We look forward to uh, adding a number of really uh, uh, exciting national venues to our uh, uh, schedule uh, this coming year. And uh, people can absolutely send us uh, contacts on our website, to be put on our email list, and we will reach out to everybody with regard to both the availability of our music, uh, which is coming soon, as well as uh, to be put on our list for uh, live performances nationally.
1: So as a performer, do the crowds feel different now with with everything returning?
2: It's a really interesting question. Uh, You know, our recent performance in Memphis, uh, we performed to a sold-out, very jazz-savvy audience, and the uh, connection that we had to our audience was was fabulous. They were into everything that we played, Uh, the um, interest, the connectivity, uh, their alignment uh, with the solos, with the swells of of the energy of the various songs. From uh, my perspective, Joe, people were so happy to get back into the thrust of, of, of real music in a, in a live environment, they loved it. And we loved it. I mean, we just fed off each other. Uh, the banter on the stage between uh, the band and the audience was classic. Uh, there was a lot of laughter. Uh, there was a tremendous amount of connection. Um, uh, so if that's any indication, I'd say that people are ready, uh, to, uh, to reconnect on many levels musically at this point.
1: And I'm witnessing that myself, and i got to say, watching this whole thing kind of unfold from my end of the microphone this whole time, it's so good to see that musicians not only are putting out their albums, but they're having the chance to back it all up live because at the end of the day, this jazz medium really means a lot live. It really conveys something in a way that like like an album won't. So it's all good that those are like two separate components that are now coming back together and complementing each other.
2: I agree completely. You know, the difference between putting together a, uh, a an album and playing live uh, is really uh, vast. Um, from the perspective of producing a uh, a, a recorded work, the uh, amount of preparation and the the discipline, the focus, the pressure, you know, the musicians are trying to play music that's going to be clean. Clear, uh, inspired, uh, and and very very much on point. Um, uh, I, I remember a comment. I think it was Red Garland, the great Red Garland, who said, uh, "I've been listening to my own mistakes on records now for the past forty years." You know, so <laughs> you, you you have to understand that as a musician, we're trying from the from the perspective of creating music that's recorded. You keep that in mind. In the live environment, though, you let it rip. Now you have the opportunity to connect with your audience and to move on an energy uh, wave that, uh, or an emotional wave that allows the musician to take some chances because they really feel that the audience is is connected with them. They're feeling it with their bandmates and. A wrong note or two or three doesn't get in the way of a, of a real um, infusion of energy and vitality and enthusiasm and inspiration, that's fine too. So it's, it's a different kind of, a, of an environment. They both lead to, hopefully, really, really great artistic products um, that audiences can, can enjoy, but they're different, and they're intended to be different.
1: For sure, and that's the key right there. You guys always deliver artistic quality. Josh, it's always great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a minute out. Good luck with All In, the return to the world as we know it. And hopefully at some point, man, you guys can get through Kansas City. It'd be great to catch you guys here live.
2: I hope so, Joe. It would be our pleasure. Thanks very much for having me back on Neon Jazz. It's
0: always great to talk to you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Josh for consistently giving Neon Jazz all of the goods. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find Neon Jazz interviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. You can subscribe. For all things Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.